on this podcast, we've talked about the fact that due to the pandemic, nostalgia is all over the place. I mean, people, Pokemon cards go for over $100,000. Just That is just unbelievable. You go to a, a toy store or something, Legos out of stock. But some people forget that going back to the year 2000, you didn't need paper. You didn't need them Pokemon trading cards because on the GBC, on the Game Boy Color, you could experience the Pokemon trading card game without having to buy those physical packs. You get almost the same experience in a, in a small form factor, but I personally loved it. And we thought that, hey, uh, this is so great. Why not talk about it on a brand new edition of a cast of the past with a new episode available every single Sunday with yours truly, Juan Vels. I am from Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, in your case, uh, take me back to the year 2000. Pokemon was hot and spicy, 1998, 99. Was this something that you played back when it first came so out? So back in 2000, I was probably hyper into collecting Pokemon cards. But honestly, to be fair, I think I tried to play the game maybe once, not even the video game, but the physical card game. I was more of a collector and I was too lazy to to learn the rules. So unfortunately, I didn't get to experience actually playing the game until many years later. But boy, did I love Pokemon cards then. I think a lot of people uh, really love those. And another person that has expressed his love for uh, the Pokemon from uh, London, Ontario, Keith Hamilton. Now, Keith, in your case, uh, with the Game Boy Color, the TCG game, was that something you were into? I was into it big time. There was a point where I was more into this game than I was into Pokemon card collecting. Same. I beat this game multiple times as a kid to the point where, like... I would try different runs with like very specialty novelty decks just to see if I could do it. I played this a lot as a kid. And then uh, last and certainly not least, people, that's right, we have four spots in this podcast. We're getting fancy. We are upping the budget. Actually, no, no, no. Uh, a voluntary budget. but what? amazing guest, a longtime friend, uh, personally uh, an awesome person, Chris Oriema from the New Shire. Now, you and Ryan are longtime friends, and in your case, I, I think you like Pokemon a little bit. Is that right? Uh, you could say I'm a little bit a fan of Pokemon. Yes, I, I would say that. What would be like the most outrageous Pokemon card? Because for those who don't know, he's got uh, Chris collects things on uh, Instagram and things like that. What's like the most outrageous claim that you have something where you go, maybe I'm into this too much. Is there anything that comes to mind? <laughs> Well, let's just say I had to close my closet because it's overflowing with Pokemon cards right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, how that's big of a, a closet good are we talking here? Like, yeah, like a full sized like closed closet? Yeah, yeah, like one of those double like you pull them open closets. It's oh, at wow. least like half Whoa. full. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Like I have I recently found my box like from when I was a kid and it had like all the old stickers and stuff oh, on it that's like, that the I dream. decorated. So I opened that thing and it had the binder with all the stickers in it. And so like I'm lucky that my parents were savers, I guess. Hoarders. You have what I wish I still had. <laughs> that, and that's I'm the jealous ultimate dream, that. yeah. Because <laughs> a whole lot of people think, oh, my parents, they must have kept the box. And it's like, oh, no, I threw that away four years ago. But hey, the beautiful thing is that with the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color, that wasn't really a factor. So to, to go back a little bit, 
1998, we had the Pokemon trading card game. It started in 96 in Japan, but in North America, right, like our region, it started in 1998. Now, starting with Orion, because this is going to be a specific review about the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy Color. We are going to talk a little bit about just how do you play this game. So even if you haven't actually played this in any capacity, whether we're talking about the digital or the physical one, we are going to you know talk about that a little bit. But in this case, Ryan, how was your transition to, hey, here's a physical TCG, like a trading card game, but then you find out, hey, you don't want to, you don't need to have those cards. A lot of people, the physical element is part of that fun, right? Do you think mm-hmm. that is something that as a kid you cared about or was it just like a, hey, I mean, you, you mentioned you, you experienced it a little while after. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something having the physical cards was something I, I really cared about as a kid, but my experience, I could more relate to say Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, so that was the first TCG where I really wanted to learn and get better at the game. And I remember the Game Boy Advance having a, a couple of Yu-Gi-Oh games you could play. So the great thing about that was, you know, before online games were really booming, having the digital game was a great way to just get good at the game, if, you know, like be able to, you know, you always need a friend if you want to play in person, right? So if you're an only child or, you know, your sister isn't into it, like my sister couldn't give a damn about Pokemon, um, having the digital game was a great way to practice at the game. And also there's some elusive cards that were much harder to get as a kid when you have no money. And if you just keep playing the game, you can keep getting packs uh, as long as you defeat people in the game. So uh, there's plenty of advantages, especially as a kid, to having the digital game if you're really interested in learning and getting better at the card game. Now, I'm really curious, uh, Chris, considering the fact that you were actually able to reobtain those, uh, the, the original cards, when you had that, because in my case, I love the Pokemon trading card game, the physical one, but I never played it. It was, a, it was purely a collector's thing. Now, when it comes to the Game Boy Color, that's what I actually experienced, because it was easy to just understand it because the game is explaining it to you. You can't really mess up, right? So in your case... How was that process uh, digitally? Is that something you you enjoyed? Something I enjoyed, definitely. I mean, I actually used to play, um, I think, our Toys R Us. I used to go like every, say, Saturday with my neighbor, and we used to play in uh, the actual league. So I knew how to play the card game. So when I heard that it was coming out on the Game Boy Color, I was like, well, sign me up because that's a way to practice. That's a really good point because it's like you're familiar with it, now, I honestly don't know if there's a lot of differences. I'm assuming now, if we compared it to like the TCG now, it would be very different, right? Maybe not so much when it first came out. And then in your case, Keith, you know, we've had this conversation about digital versus physical. This is different, right? Because it is still the same, but we're talking about cards and there's a random element, right? Because it's like, hey, you buy a pack, you're hoping to get the card that you want. Digitally, you also do get packs and we'll talk about like the overall experience, but is it as rewarding for you, especially in your case? You know, you've mentioned that you are a, a digital gamer. 
I think when it comes to like TCGs, it's a little different because you lose the weight of having that physical card. And I think when it comes to collecting them, especially like that weight goes a very long way. And if like you're not interested in the actual battle aspect of it, there's not a lot that you get out of this, like from the card collecting aspect. And because in the game itself, once you kind of figure it out, it's so easy to get the cards you're looking for for like all of the weight of like pulling out this booster pack and like oh my god I just got this card I really want it's totally gone so even though I am somebody that leans more towards digital I kind of put a little asterisk there besides trading cards because that is something that is just like the physical version has so much more weight and so much more value as proven recently that it's just not even the same scale it's not oh, yeah. really comparable nothing can replicate the the fun of physically opening a booster pack it's it's an addiction <laughs> it's it's a, I don't know I've opened ASMR thousands world. of Hearthstone packs and let me tell you that's pretty fun too <laughs> yeah hearthstone does a pretty good job but i still think nothing matches like physically opening a booster pack especially when people well. are able to find yeah. the original yeah, yeah exactly exactly and that i mean smell you gotta know that uh-huh. everyone knows that that's smell. what i was gonna <laughs> that say pack fresh smell yeah <laughs> That's what you want, or I mean, or OPEC smell. Because I mean, I've seen people like uh, what, what's mm, his name? The the gotta love the, those the channel packs. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, he'll open up a pack from twenty years ago. So my first thought is like, how does that even smell? Has anybody here smelled a pack from twenty years ago open for the first time now? That, that's a what I do in my free time yeah. is my business. Okay. Yeah. Th- okay. Th- fine, Keith. This is a million dollar like <laughs> candle scent idea. Fresh booster pack. <laughs> a fresh yeah. and old like, and old I would booster buy. pack. It's actually a really good idea. This out from the podcast because, like, yeah, see those million dollar ideas. Patent that thing first. Yeah, patent pending. I I already put it in. By the time this airs, don't worry, the paperwork is done. So before we get to talking about the actual game, we have to compare it a little bit to like the meat and potatoes of Pokemon, which are like red, blue, and, and yellow, because it's very interesting. And I would love to get Chris's thoughts about this first, even though. The menu is completely different. And on one hand, you have a full-blown role-playing game, right? You play as Ash and you travel. And then on the other one, it's cards. Mechanically speaking, the games are incredibly similar because it's like it's it's a Game Boy, right? So it's limited animation. You're still choosing from a limited lineup. So in your case, after experiencing like the Majestic games that are the original, when you saw this, I know you come from the TCG background, but did you see it as something less than red, blue, and yellow? Or did you see it as like, hey, here's another way to experience uh, Pokemon? Uh, I'd say, yeah, maybe definitely a little lesser because, I mean, you're in the overworld screen and to go to the different clubs, you literally are just picking them and then moving over there rather than in like the original like red and blue you are you're going on an adventure like you don't know what's around the corner you're going down ledges you're going in caves like what am i going to find next so i feel like it takes like a little bit away from that at least the adventure aspect of it but when it comes to actually playing like the card game that's what you're going to focus on at the end of the day it's focusing on the cards and battles can i make the best deck i think it like hits the nail on the head right there yeah yeah, I would yeah. say the battling is very like it's more it's almost more engaging, you know, than just kind of a 1v1 um, you know, turn-based action. There's a lot more that goes into it. 
And when you think about setting, it makes more sense that you don't have this vast overworld in the game because, like, if somebody's going to stop me in the middle of a dark cave and be like, yo, let's throw down cards, There's I don't no want to here. go anywhere near them. I'm phoning for Officer Jenny. I need the Yu-Gi-Oh? police at that point. <laughs> exactly. So My point true. exactly. <laughs> Only the abridged version. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Bandit Keith. My boy. Exactly. In America. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a really good point, though, and and in many ways, you you get specifically what you want, right? Because I think that, and you know, and after this, Ryan, we'll go over the details of just like what do you actually do in, in the sense of like the trading card game. If they've put a lot of filler, it's like I want to build my damn deck so I get really good at the game so I can beat the gyms, and ultimately that's what you get. Now, reviewers back in the day, that was kind of like the part they they disliked because. If you compare it to red, blue, and yellow, so much of that game, like the focus was never for me, it's like the Pokemon battles. Like, I want to get the bicycle. I want to get EXP share. I want to like physically get to the gyms. And then I want to figure out, oh, how do I solve like some ultra light puzzle elements? But it was a role playing game. Here, you're playing the role of a, of a, of a card player, right? And then it's all about that strategy. And I think in many ways, as opposed to walking around the world, you spend a lot of your time now really just building the deck because as you get new cards, it's like you you can easily spend over 30 minutes to an hour, if not more, perfecting it, right? Especially because each gym has different Mm -hmm. features. So before we keep going, I want to give the forum to Orion. So in the most casual sense what is the the game gaming part of the TCG with a Pokemon? Yeah, so I think the Pokemon trading card game is best kind of described as easy to learn, but difficult to master. And I think a lot of the the mastery behind it probably comes from like the deck building side. Uh, essentially, um, each player has six prize cards. And when you collect all your prize cards, you win the game. And how you get prize cards is if your Pokemon knocks out your opponent's Pokemon. Um, in the simplest way, that that is how the game works. And much like regular Pokemon, uh, you can evolve um, any Pokemon that has an evolution in the, the original Pokemon game. So it's a matter of using, um, you know, I think you can have up to six Pokemon out on your field at the time and you're battling each other with those pokemon also using trainer cards um, to kind of help support your your gameplay to do certain things like search for cards Um, but at the end of the day you're just trying to knock out six of your opponent's pokemon to take all your prize cards and win the game so that's a very good basic overview there's one big element because when you look at a card, much like the original Pokemon game, say you'll have like a couple of different attacks, what makes this really different are the energy cards. So say you have a Rattata, right? A Rattata may use a generic energy card for some things, but something like a, a Diglett or a Dugtrio, they may use a fighting energy card. So you're not just struggling to get the Pokemon card that you want and the trainer card that you want. Maybe you have like a Charizard, but you still need to get Charmander and Charmeleon, evolve them, and also have enough uh, fire energy cards to get to where you actually want. And that process can be a very frustrated. And in your case, Chris, from both the, the digital and the physical part, the same rule applies. Was that like super frustrating you? Was that something 
that you were just like hoping for? That was like the motivation. What was that energy car process like for you? I think it's a good thing that you had to add to the game. I mean, obviously they took it from magic. I never really played magic cards, but I mean, you needed some sort of thing. Like resource. Yeah. yeah, some sort of resource or something to make to make the game not go as fast. They got to make I you guess. work for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you, I think you usually have like 20 something cards and like energy cards in your deck, like on average, depending on what kind of deck you're trying to build. But yeah, that's I'm, a really good element. Because I'm, I'm glad that they, they implemented it because like Chris said, Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, well, Magic has lands. And that's like their kind of mana resource to help kind of slow the game down. If you're going to do a big attack, then you should have like certain amount of cards to like charge up your your character to use it. And Pokemon's the same way. And I was going to say Yu-Gi-Oh does not have any type of mana resource. And the at this point now the game has come down to these massive combo one turn kills and stuff. And Pokemon even to this day hasn't really gotten to that level, thankfully, of like things just getting completely out of control. So I think it's a it's a very necessary thing that if if you want to pull off something spectacular, that you're going to need some other cards to like build up to that for that huge attack. And while I agree that it's something that I think for the overall game is a strong point because it does lead for like a lot of instances that, oh, you can, you, you, it, like having that resource slows the game down mm -hmm. in an overall, um, like card game spectrum. But if we're just talking about the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color, Juan used the word struggle earlier. And I think that's something that got overlooked a little because I agree that it almost feels like that it created a struggle in the game like going going back to this game I had a lot more issues than I did when I was a kid and probably because I don't have as much patience for it mm -hmm. these days and because I've played a lot of different card games since like card battle roguelike games they are my jam these days that is my favorite type of video game and understanding how different decks work like that's what i love to do and to me this game i feel like it struggled from being almost almost a little too basic and you're constantly fighting for resources as hard as you can and the fact that they have so many different types of resources and yours there's so much weight on that resource in this game i found it to take away from my fun of the, the experience itself really because i feel like that that added to the fun of like deck building for me because mm -hmm. you have to find the balance of okay do i have too many energy cards do i have not enough do i need more trainer cards uh you know there's that card professor oak which i think is just amazing okay. <laughs> yeah it's amazing because but you also got to be careful with it yeah you do have to be careful with it mm -hmm. but it's amazing because if your hand, I'm, I was even okay with because that card, essentially, you would dump your hand and you would draw seven cards. So, um, obviously, if you have no other card in your hand, it's unbelievably great. But even if you just have a hand where you can't do much with, you just got to take the loss and say, hey, I'm going to just dump this hand because I need seven fresh new cards. So, 
it was always that element of, okay, if you're not getting enough energies, maybe I need more card draw to help me get there. So I think there was enough to really find that balance. I mean, any card game, you're always going to have those games where you just draw like complete crap and there's nothing you can do about it. That's just the nature of the beast. But I do feel like that added to the fun. If I was having a problem, then, you know, there was always a card available for me that I feel like I could solve that problem, or at least a card that I would be kind of chasing by battling people to try and get the packs that it was in. That is, if you were able to draw that card in that <laughs> specific position, like there, there are a lot of card draw mechanics, I won't discount that. And even though there's not a lot of variety in there, if you do do like if you build a deck the right way, you'll always have something to kind of at least push you in the right direction. But there are just some like playing a lot of card games when you just whiff like two or three times in a row, it just feels so bad. And I found myself in that position a few times while playing it. Like generally speaking with, with uh, you, Chris, what's your favorite thing about it? Because you mentioned that this game does take some elements from uh, Magic the Gathering. A lot of us in some way, shape or form, we play something like Yu-Gi-Oh, which plays very different, right? Like Yu-Gi-Oh has got the attack and defense elements. If you were to just say to somebody that's like, oh, just asking themselves, what the hell, why, why is Pokemon so popular? There's a trading card game. What makes it so fun? What would you say that is for you? For me, it's the the trainer cards, like, they're what make the strategies and everything fun. I mean, you, pro I was throwing about like 20 or something trainer cards in my deck. So like what Keith was saying, yeah, you get, you, times you get like the, the bad hand or you get a bad run, but like... The amount of trainer cards you get, your Professor Oaks, your Bills, like I was, I was saving myself half. So I, I even threw that Gambler card out there, which I don't even think it's that great. But if you get the dice flip mechanic right, I'm sorry, the coin flip mechanic right, I could get eight pretty much every time. So it was actually better than <laughs> Professor Oak because you could shuffle your hand into your deck rather than discarding it. Um, I like the energy retrieval. You could, you would, uh, your guys got knocked out and then you could just get that energy back. Scoop up. Another great technique. You're getting, you're getting your Pokemon's getting beat down. You got one or 10 HP left. Scoop it up, put it in your hand. Yes, you have to discard the energy, but you can put it right back down again. There's just, I enjoy like all the strategy mm -hmm. involved with the, and it revolves around the trainer cards. And then sometimes the Pokemon powers, depending on what type yeah. of deck you're running. And of course, one of the most dick moves you can do in this game to these lowly trainers is the gust of wind yep. to oh, no. send out oh, their so rude. Yeah. So bad. I should have mentioned so bad. that. Yeah. Yep, just send the out their like 30 HP Pokemon and just destroy it. With your hit <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and the, the whole element you brought up with strategy, I think that's why this game works so much better digitally than physically. Because, for example, something like I tried to play the physical game when I was a kid because I'm like, I have these cards. Oh, wait a minute. People actually play with them like you don't just collect them. But then I hated just having to keep track of like, well, this card has 60 HP. I did 20 mm -hmm. damage, but then they did potion. So it's like 20 back. Okay. But then it's like all these little variables that the digital game the takes resistance. care of that for you. Now, yeah. I, I will call myself like a full hypocrite because Monopoly right? Monopoly, there's a digital and a physical version. And sometimes like, uh, and there's like a physical version that uses a credit card instead of money, just so you avoid that. And 
I, it, depending on any given day, it's like, oh, I just want to play a session of Monopoly, whatever. I'll, I'll play the credit card version. So it's like easier to, to process. Or if I want to have like the full experience, right? I'd rather have the money because like that is the main draw. But being able, as you mentioned, you know, there's the coin flip mechanics. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like a Kangaskhan, which is a card that oh, yeah. everybody yep. has because the health is damn near limited. And you can draw a card thanks to that. But if you have four energy cards, you can actually kick some ass with that card. And and it's those little variables that you have to think both short-term and long-term with the game that make it really enticing for me. But I, I don't think I would have enjoyed keeping track of all of that in a, in a physical form. Is anybody else kind of like in agreement with I'm definitely with, with you. Especially, like I said, um, I've played a lot of Hearthstone, which, you know, is Blizzard's like digital card game. So I got really used to all of the numbers, you know, not having to worry about the numbers. And that can get a little bit cumbersome. So having the digital edition is definitely nice because you can't like break the rules. You know, as kids, there was always those times where if you're playing, (laughs) if you're playing your friend and it's not like a tournament or anything... There might be some rules. People fight over the rules. The digital version, no problem. None Everything, of that. yeah, you can't you can't do any of that. And I was gonna ask because I actually didn't even check if this feature was in the game. But was there a way to do like a link cable battle with people in this yes. game? Or yes, there is. Okay, yes. in like that and, little side room of the clubs, there was like a trainer play your friends dude. There was a sorry. There was a cool feature actually. It was called the card pop. And it worked on the Game Boy Color exclusively. So if you had, there was like a little like VR spot at the top of it and you basically got your uh, Game Boys close enough and then you'd get like a f- random card. And usually it was something you couldn't get in the the normal game, I think. I'm not sure what it was, but it you could do it like once a day with like one of your friends or something. And something I'm looking up here, uh, for those who want to play it on a modern uh, device, because it, it's, it's weird, it's Pokemon. But the only way you can play this is on the Game Boy Color. Now, I know there's the Pokemon trading card game, like the online one. But if you want to play this one, it's only on the Game Boy Color and the uh, 3DS, because it actually came out in the Virtual Console mm-hmm. in 2014. Now, apparently, it's only six bucks, by the way. So if you want to get it there, yeah, that, six that's freaking how dollars. I actually played it was I just I bought it for my 3DS. Yeah. Nice I and convenient. I would, I would have assumed that one had online, but it doesn't. It has... Uh, build new decks with the auto deck machine. Hone your skills on the challenge machine and test your ability in the challenge hall. But man, that was a missed opportunity, right? Can you imagine that? If that older game, oh, they have mm-hmm. Pokemon Online, right? I just yeah. answered my own it's question. It's probably, yeah, they, uh, I'm guessing they would rather... <laughs> they gotta get the money. Yeah, they would rather support uh, you know, their current online program, which I've played a little bit, bit of that and it, it's all right. The interface is a little bit weird. It doesn't feel like Pokemon to me, but um, really? yeah, there's just something, they have these like random characters that aren't like Pokemon characters on it. I'm just like, who are these people? Like, this just doesn't feel like Pokemon themed to me. It's not like the, the branding you would expect, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Keith, in your case, if you were to summarize, you know, you talked about the struggle, and I think you and I definitely had that when you get a fresh deck, you know, you you you, you draw your first cards, and you're thinking, this ain't going to go right. And then you kind of have like the, the question of, do I keep going hoping the deck gets better, like the draws get better in, in that game? Do I reset it? 
that's on the more negative side. When it comes to the positive one, what would you say is your favorite thing about the uh, the game on the Game Boy Color? You know how I mentioned earlier that there wasn't a lot of weight to the card collecting? When it comes to the actual gameplay, I think that is a big positive as well. The fact that you could just sit there and get cards constantly like you find that one trainer that you know like okay they have this specific pack type i'm gonna face them 10 times and try and get the card that i want if you can do that and it gives you the opportunity to mess around with these different decks like you run into that instance like i I say i didn't like the like the whiffing on the uh like whiffing on turns that's something that i've happened to me a lot at the beginning of the game and then as i got more cards and was able to build more intricate decks and then eventually net deck the best deck in the game (laughs) and ran into something that like okay now i have more tools at my disposal that i'm able to create a more like streamlined deck that all kind of flows together and just the ability to easily do that in the game and the fact that you have a bunch of different deck slots and you it, uh, there's it leaves a lot of room to experiment really with this game and that was probably my favorite part of it and the fact that there was no like there was no weight behind losses too so if you lost you lost then you just start again so hey you experimented with a deck it didn't work out you didn't have enough energy or the game plan that you had in mind just kind of sucked then you just start again, delete it, start again. Then you can just keep experimenting and trying new things until you find that one thing that clicks. Now that might take hours upon hours of grinding uh, for that one specific card or those specific cards you need, and then hours and hours of experimenting. But if you want to put in the time, you can eventually get there. And I think that's a cool thing about this game, opposed to the actual physical TCG, where now getting Getting those cards and doing that experimenting costs money and sometimes upwards of (laughs) hundreds of dollars even back in the day. And that's when it becomes a little more you want to get the safe thing instead of trying the new thing. Once again, people, six bucks, virtual console, 3DS, so much cheaper. But that's a really good point, though, because this is a fairly short game. You know, when compared to the Pokemon RPG, Uh, I beat this game in seven to eight hours, give or take. And I mean, I lost a lot. So it wasn't like a like a clear line. I did have this conundrum and and I'm going to bring it over to Ryan, who I think has a different maybe take on this where where you have two choices. You can either get by the game, right? It's like uh, just keep powering through it till eventually your deck is like good enough or you kind of got lucky then there's the other scenario of no no i'm not going to beat this game till i build my deck until i build the deck that's like this is the the reward of patience of dedication looking up online now which you know that was a really thing back in the day in your case ryan what's your experience with all of that yeah so what i really liked about this game was that slowly making your deck better so originally like they let like the three starters in red and blue you can pick like a bulbasaur charmander or um squirtle deck um so i did choose the water deck because i know um looking up like blastoise deck was really good it was one of the best decks uh so that's why i started with and i thought it was a lot of fun slowly making your deck better because that's not how 
most people would play a trading card game today. Most people would figure out which decks are good and then they would go and get all the cards and, you know, maybe they'd be missing like three or four different cards and replace them with other ones. But for the most part, you would build the deck and then play people. And instead, this is kind of like, here's a deck and you have to slowly make it better. So it's kind of like a unique experience that... um you don't really see now today. Um, and eventually what I ended up doing was um, I, I I just happened to be getting a lot of Hitmonchans in my packs. And I knew the Hitmonchan deck was also really good. So, all Haymaker, baby. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. Haymaker yeah, all exactly. day. <laughs> so eventually I decided to kind of pivot and say, oh, I want to build this deck. And then that's when I got into just grinding against the same two different trainers over and over again to get the Scythers from one and the Electabuzzes from the other. I didn't end up building like the exact like top list because I think I was missing like one or two trainer cards, but I had pretty much everything else. And once I that deck was complete, I just went and just barreled through everybody in that game. Um, and that was a ton of fun because it was like, oh, I finally have what I want. And then you just absolutely destroy everyone in your path. Except I will say the final the final boss was actually a pretty big challenge. Oh, yeah. Screw that last part, because uh, talk to us a little bit about that, especially for those that haven't played it. So you have the Elite Four in like your traditional Pokemon game. How do you get like what's the end of the game uh, look like? Yeah, pretty much you have to face five trainers in a row, first the Elite Four and then the Champion, just like you would in Red and Blue. And even in between, you can actually save uh, save the game and you can also change your deck a little bit. I didn't end up changing my deck at all. but um, So the Hitmonchan deck that I think all of us pretty much played towards the end of the game is uh, it's just a great deck that's built around strong Pokemon that don't need to evolve. So you can get them up and running really quickly and doing a lot of damage really quickly. So um, it, it was a smart strategy because it's it's much faster than like the Blastoise deck because it takes a while to have a Squirtle than a Wartortle and a Blastoise. You can have some cards to search for them, but still um, throwing a Hitmonchan out there and just doing 20 damage immediately, especially on... A lot of normal Pokemon that will take extra damage. It's it's really good. So I didn't really have too much problem going through all the Elite Four people until the end um, where you have to face a guy who um, Ronald is your rival with a, a great name. and uh, <laughs> Classic Ronnie. <laughs> shout out to all the Ronalds out there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> just doesn't, it just, I don't know, no offense to all the Ronalds. It just doesn't feel like a strong feel rival evil. name. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Ronald. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a mascot for a giant corporation named Ronald that yeah. you could argue is evil. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. D- different kind of evil, but, but that's a good point. But, Ryan, you, you mentioned yeah. the whole, like, Blastoise thing. Even though, yeah, it, it's very annoying, that is, because uh, uh, I actually streamed part of this and you saw my torture just trying to get a, a better deck there, but there was something, like, really satisfying about you get a you pull out a Blastoise and you're like, okay, okay. So now I just got to draw like Squirtle and oh crap, I still need like War Turtle. Okay, I want to save these energy cards because once I can do Hydro Pump, like I need that. So you, you actually get it. And then once you get to that, you basically just plow through the rest of your oh, fight. Yeah. Now that is a huge risk. But I, I think... I think if I was playing against another player, I would feel very different. But because I'm playing against the PC, I'm just like, no, man, I, I want to make this look good, you know, when I get yeah. all the way to the end of the fight. 
which is Absolutely. nice. Well, I, I would say that that's the thing is, and another reason I ended up switching to that, like Hitmonchan deck, is I had Blastoise in my deck from the beginning because if you choose mm-hmm. one of the Squirtle and friends. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> they, they give it to you. But I never actually got like another Blastoise, and I think I only had like one War Turtle. So even though I played, I don't know how many games throughout the entire playthrough with that deck. I probably only got Blastoise actually out on the field like two times because it was just so difficult to do. I didn't have a lot of the supporter cards to make it easier. And that was just part of the reason I I just ended up pivoting. Yeah, I don't know if it got better in like the TCG later on, but once you really get into like the evolution of that game or the evolutions, it that's <laughs> where I think it feels the clunkiest because yeah. you're so draw dependent on like, oh, okay, you just drew War Turtle and then the next turn you drew Blastoise. Well, you have these two strong cards, but I don't have a Squirtle yet, so there's nothing I can do with it and I don't have a support card that can help yeah. me get that squirtle that is, so that's something they addressed nowadays as you'll see they have like good. oh it's Alaka- it it's like that. alakazam v and it's like a basic even though it's alakazam it's considered a basic card okay and yeah but the there's a penalty the downside is i believe if it gets knocked out your opponent gets two prize cards mm-hmm. so that's oh, like the okay that's yeah. cool yeah, that's actually cool. So we've spent a lot of time talking about like the, the, the gaming side, the, the gameplay. I think something that is just as important now, I, I think it's even more important now than it was back then is visually, because it's like even back in the day, you would have your normal cards, your, you would have your hollow cards. And I think now, you know, how many people uh, get these Pokemon cards because of the variants? Like it, it is a visual experience. So how would you say this game fares where obviously it's a Game Boy Color. It's not going to be able to just match up one-to-one with how the original cards look like. I think some of them do a better job than others. Starting with Chris, visually, did you feel like you were playing the Pokemon TCG? Did you think they did a pretty good job of like adapting that to the Game Boy Color? Yeah, I mean, for what they had at the time, I don't I don't think they could have really done it better than it came out. I mean, yeah, like looking at the screen now, like the, the pictures look pretty accurate from what you're... Uh, seeing when you're playing the game um obviously you got the little dots that look like the uh the old damage counters that look like those uh mancala beads if anybody knows what i'm talking about there yeah um yeah i mean i don't know how they could have done it better for on the game boy color at the time i mean obviously nowadays if they made like a new pokemon trading card game for like the i don't know switch or whatever I would think they'd update the visuals, maybe put some more like animations for like the attacks or whatever. But I mean, it got the job done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Chris totally. Like as somebody that just collected this set of cards and then dropped off afterwards, like going through this game and seeing like the card pictures and remembering them exactly like they were back then, like I thought it was awesome and they couldn't have done a better job with that yeah the, the sprite art is is really impressive uh i think they probably had a little bit more room to work with than you know what a sprite would look like in the actual the games yeah yeah and so i thought visually the the card art was done super well for like an 8-bit like handheld system i i thought that was pretty incredible um obviously like i remember you started streaming at first before i actually picked up the game to play it myself 
And I was a little bit, it was hard for me to kind of follow what was going on because, um, you know, first you, you look at your hand and then you see the board, but you can't, you can't look at your hand <laughs> and the game board at the same time. So that those kind of elements were a little bit like it was, it took me a little bit to get used to, okay, I can't see everything at once. Whereas like the newer set setups for things you can. I will say quickly that like it, I almost like just slammed my head against my desk at the beginning of that game. So when you start the game, it gives you this long, like multiple section tutorial of like going through everything, um, like all the different aspects of the game. And it's pretty in depth and just trying to relearn the game, honestly, a little overwhelming. So once you get through that tutorial, it gives you this prompt saying like, oh, you know what? Maybe you should just read the manual. Like, okay, you dick game. I should, would have just started <laughs> yeah, there then. all of that, yeah. yeah that's a good point. But uh, I really do think that visually... It it couldn't I mean it couldn't have done a better job and and it's interesting because yeah we're comparing this you know to the physical TCG but then it looks better than the original Pokemon games because those came out for the original Game Boy and I think maybe that's where some of the criticism back then came out which is like hey here it is on a beefier handheld because like some people have the false assumption that the Game Boy Color was just the original Game Boy with color, but it was better hardware at the end of the day. And I mean, you can see it with this, like the detail with the sprites. So it begged the question of like, what if, you know, what if they wanted to go a little bit farther in the story element, you know, as opposed to the original Pokemon game. And so there was a sequel. Like, did you guys know there's actually a straight up sequel to this? Yes. I didn't. I, I actually played the English translation of it like several years ago. Yeah. It's more of, the, more of the same basically, but if that's what you're looking for, then go for it. They just added more cards. I think like Team Rocket like set was in it. I don't know if the Gym Challenge or Gym Heroes was in there, but it was a I, good time. I can totally get why they didn't release it over here. Like all the time I was like, why not? I love the first game. When you say sequel, it is literally almost the exact same graphics like the 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 some of the some of the the sprite art does change but it's the same overworld you start out with it's right after the first game and basically team rocket's kind of taking over so you have to go through the same gyms to kind of like claim the gyms back and i was like you know what maybe a couple years down the line i'll i'll play this but having just beat the first one and looking at that i'm like this that would have bombed hard in North America. Like I know the Pokemon crates was there, but I think there's something to like a Pokemon red, blue, and yellow that people see as like kind of the same thing. But to call this a sequel was kind of insulting. It was I'll, like I'll a, yeah. it was like a DLC expansion. Update, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when yeah, did this like when did this come out originally? The sequel uh, a year after. So. The, uh, the the first Pokemon TCG on the GBC came out in uh, 2000, and then this came out in 2001. Pokemon Card 2, Great Rocket Dan Sanju. And let's not forget so, the Game Boy Advance was not, I mean, it was around this time. So yeah, yeah. so it would have been competing with like gold and silver for the Pokemon fate, mm -hmm. like the craze. So yeah, I'd, yeah. I mean, from they're what still those like releasing Pokemon pin pinball and everything under the that's sun true. so but yeah that's I, true it probably and was pokemon just, pinball was dope 
It was yep. probably just not different enough. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that we didn't get any other TCG game, you know, especially like I said, like Yu-Gi-Oh was really hot in like 2002 and beyond. And there was a ton of GBA games for that. I'm really shocked we never got a GBA game, but I, I feel like there was so much potential with that sequel because like the first game it had the original set jungle set and fossil and then the team rocket set i like where their thinking was oh because the team rocket set's going to be in this we can have team rocket take over but they just kind of did like a reskin and then added Basically. the new the new card so um yeah i can see was why ronald there I don't, yeah, I remember don't that. Did remember. Ronald join Team Rocket? <laughs> <laughs> I only played the Old first Rocket Ronald. I, I hope he did. <laughs> Rocket Ronald. <laughs> well, what if he becomes a good guy? What if it's like a duel? Uh, like, did they actually tag yeah. team a little bit? That could happen. But that's a good point, Ryan, because with Yu-Gi-Oh! I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! because of the Game Boy Advance. Because screw that PS1 game. Screw free, oh, freaking that was garbage. whatever the hell it was. That yeah, was it wasn't man. even the actual rules of the game. It was, they yeah, just it made was up their own memories. Oh, really? <laughs> it was total crap. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to combine my Gaia the Fierce Knight and a Karibo and we're going to make a meteor black dragon. Yeah, that's how that works. It was so wow. bad, but the Game so Boy bad. Advance, I do think, would have presented itself a little bit better. So one of the gripes that I have specifically, and I want to take it over to you guys as well afterwards, is... Focusing on the on the Game Boy Color game, right? Because there's a lot of things that, you know, they're going to be the same thing for both. And this is going to ruin the experience for anybody that hasn't played it, which is whenever you back out of the screen, it flashes a white screen. And that really got annoying to me. And it wasn't until I noticed it that it became horribly annoying. Like, I didn't even realize it before. Oh, but then, Thank God I didn't notice it then. I didn't, yeah, notice, I didn't it. notice it either. <laughs> but but, once, now, I, but now, now I can't stop seeing it. Exactly, you can't <laughs> see it. Man. Once you see it, it is the freaking worst because every single screen has the damn flashing thing. And it's just, I, I think the, the photosensitivity stuff wasn't really a thing back then that people were mindful of. I think this game, they would have had to like mod it out or something yeah. because of the way that it was. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that was particular to the Game Boy Color version that you're thinking to yourself, no, this was bad because limitation of buttons, graphics, overlays, anything I, I like that? I have a couple gripes. And, and this one is specifically for the Game Boy Color. And then my other one is just for this, I guess, this era of Pokemon card game in general. But... The dialogue, first of all, definitely switched to the fast dialogue because oh, yeah. that, yeah. But the fact that it always highlighted over no made me like, yeah. I always had to talk to people like six times because I kept accidentally spamming through the text and then hitting like no to the option. Um, so that was really annoying that that was always highlighted. And then it was really the wording for when you're in the Elite Four and it's asking you if you want to like battle them. Yeah. The wording of it was times. so confusing that the <laughs> the option for no for battling an Elite Four member was to actually battle them, <laughs> you know, and the option for yes was to like save and edit your deck. So I kept clicking no, like, why am I not? Um, I kept clicking like, I'm yes. Ready, like, man. What? I'm yeah, ready, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. It's like... Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was just yeah, some of the the wording options and what was like the default highlighted selection was really weird. So, yeah, that that's my big gripe. My my other thing for just the game in general is there's just too many damn coin coin flips in this game. Uh, <laughs> like I hate coin flips. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, it was fun to roll the dice with uh Kangaskhan on those attacks, but so many other things where it's like if you're confused and like and there's Paralyzed. another coin flip at yeah, there's just like a coin flip before you can even attack and then a coin flip to attack. It's it's a little crazy. Ryan, what if I told you that as a kid, I had the patience of a saint and beat that game with a Mr. Mime deck, which oh, the whole thing was like, <laughs> you, like you, you flip a coin and you either do double damage or zero damage. And then just going through the entire game with that. I don't know how I'd, I did it, but I'd say you were a bad man. I, I would love for you <laughs> well, to try right. that again. I would, I would love uh, to no, see you try I'm that. Mm-hmm. What about but you? As far as oh, go ahead. No, no. no what I was going to ask uh, uh, Chris uh, anything that you don't like about specifically the the Game Boy Color version, and then Keith. It's it's the coin flipping mechanic. Like you, if you could time it correctly, you could get heads fairly often i wish it was more randomized to be honest i know it's like more of a challenge i guess but i don't Wait, know you it, could time it there is yeah. a timing aspect yeah, to it. i could time it yep the coin flip if you like oh. it at the right time you get heads every time and that Wait, kind are of you talking me. you're like in the game boy game yes there's a way okay, to time i need it. to look this up i need to look this up okay Keith, yeah. you also, I Keith, got, we gotta I, do some I research can, right now I got yeah, heads. all right this is a freaking game changer hold I on i got heads <laughs> way too consistently for it to be a fluke or a okay, lot. I'm trying to people. Like, everybody listening, how do I uh, search so, this? Uh, uh, describe as best you can what this technique is. Like how how you do it. It was almost like, uh, like you you went to the coin flip, and I, I would count like almost like one, two, three, and then I'd push it, and then it would get heads. <laughs> like you could time it. it, it maybe it was three. Maybe is this it was some four. like you hold down B and you catch a Pokemon better style thing. <laughs> no, or? I I swear it's it's based on timing and not uh, chance. This is a topic though. I'm, I'm checking out a couple of threads and people are just like lighting each other on fire because half the yeah. thread is saying that it's luck based. Others are saying that it's timing based. So I don't know where this is going to happen. Yeah. I'm just going to say I, I whatever. I do feel like I yeah. felt most coin flips in the game were like 50-50, but I do feel like the initial game start coin flip, like I went first way more often than I went second. And I don't yeah. know if Same. they if they like skewed the odds on that particular coin flip just so you wouldn't feel as bad because I will say going first is like an insane advantage in this game. Oh, yeah. Like it's oh, ridiculous. It's huge. The fact that you can attack, and I may be wrong, but they might have changed that rule in the future that like you can attack if you go first. Um, but I, I might be wrong did. on that. But I think I, they I did think change that, it in the future because it was too much of an advantage. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it really seems like the fact that you can go first, do your energy, and attack is just like too broken. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another 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 thing that's maybe the most repetitive part of the game. Uh, talk to me quickly about the music. I mean, it is the thing that you hear the most because it doesn't really change a lot aside from a few key battles. Is it something that you thought was neat about it, cool about it? Does it get annoying? Who who wants to talk about that music? 
I played on mute, so I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Uh, yeah, I would say about... you listen to Spotify as you play. <laughs> yeah, I was about like ninety percent of the time I had it on mute. Yeah, yeah it's just like the doo, doo, doo. <laughs> yeah. The only time I heard but, the music was your streams one. <laughs> yeah, but anytime, anytime I would play it with the volume on. Like I'd wake up the next morning and that song would be stuck in my head. It is one of the, the best games to play like while listening to a podcast, which, hey, this is a podcast. You can leave a five-star review, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, <laughs> subscribe, YouTube. No, but it is so good because once you have the deck, it's like it's a very chill game, even though it's very stressful because of the nature of the cards and getting the proper deck and all that stuff. It is like the best game because you can choose to like not move anything on screen and nothing will actually happen, right? As opposed to other games that you have to pause. So if you haven't played this game, I do think it's worth experiencing. And afterwards, I would like all of you to contribute to that conversation of like to somebody that is just hella curious because of the Pokemon TCG craze. As a casual perspective, like I don't collect Pokemon trading cards. I don't do any of that stuff. I did it back in the day. I'm fascinated by it. Like I, I follow Chris's uh, Instagram page out of pure curiosity of like, what is that? I watch all of the unboxing videos that people do, but I myself don't buy the cards. It really was cool to look man. at this and it's the best way. You actually get to, I get yeah. to save money this way, right? But it's <laughs> so the much. best way to realize that yes, there is nostalgia. But it's actually good. Like, I, I don't have a reason to go back to this game because I'm not buying the cards yet. I was hooked. Like, I beat this game a month and a half ago, right? Even though it's a very short game, I literally picked it up and I didn't play a single other thing basically until I beat it because it was that damn fun. So uh, starting with Ryan, do you think this game holds the test of time? Do you think it's something interesting for somebody that didn't experience it to go back to? Yeah, I, I think so. Especially if you have experiences with other trading card games, I think you'll enjoy this. But even if you've never played one before, this is definitely worth trying out because it's going to take you back to like the simpler times of card games before abilities got all crazy and things got really confusing. And it's also a fun way to play the, like this is really the best way to play the game as it was in 2000 right it's like a time capsule for this era of the game where certain other trading card games have just moved on and evolved and it's like it's hard for you to play like magic the gathering as it was when it came out but this That's is true. a great way to play pokemon as it was when it came out and like i said it's a little bit less complicated than probably pokemon is today um so it's super easy to pick up and play i feel like in about 20 minutes, you can feel like you're very comfortable with how it plays and how to play the game. Yeah, that's kind of the point that I'm struggling with a little bit, because if you have that nostalgia for the Pokemon TCG and want to go back and like play it in its purest root form, then 100% I would recommend the, this game. But as like if you separate it from all that and you're just recommending it as a card game, that's kind of where the buck stops for me. Just because the genre has evolved so much since 2000 and you have games like Slay the Spire now where I would play Slay the Spire over this 10 times out of 10. 
But if you're interested in the Pokemon aspect, then this is 100% like a great recommendation. That's a good point. And Chris, in your case, I feel like because you're you're so deep into Pokemon now, is this something that... Do you think this would raise the interest of somebody in, to go into Pokemon card collecting? Because it is, at the end of the day, available on the 3DS, right? So it's it's not just based on emulation or having to go back and get a Game Boy Color. There's a whole lot of people with the 3DS out there. Do you think it's worth checking out for somebody that is a, is a little bit more casual into all this? Definitely worth checking out. I mean, uh, especially with all like the base set like jungle like fossil all those cards like booming in popularity like since this pandemic has been going on i mean if somebody's really nostalgic for like opening a pack and they don't want to spend like two hundred dollars on like a base i'm i never mind that is wrong you a base set pack on ebay can go anywhere from like five to like seven hundred dollars so you're better off paying what the six bucks and just opening up the virtual <laughs> opening packs. all of them <laughs> yeah for Keith, the cost of up, less uh, than you, two uh, booster packs back in the day seriously Keith, can you look up how much uh, a physical copy of game boy of the uh pokemon tcg on the gbc and a game boy color go for well, Keith does that research because I'm curious. talking just the cartridge or that CIB one. <laughs> Actually, okay, you know what, Keith? Like wh- whichever one you feel is is uh, like the nice result. Now, in your case, Ryan, does this interest you in experiencing other TCG games that we grew up with? We brought up Yu-Gi-Oh. You brought up the fact that Yu-Gi-Oh has a lot of great Game Boy Advance games. I mean, for a time with the GBA, I think for me it was all about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Fire Pro Wrestling 2, the Mario games that were available there, uh, Mega Man Battle Network. Damn it, that's a freaking good game. What do you think about that? Is, is it something that you want to check out? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. I love playing. Uh, I loved playing Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day, and I played the crap out of those GBA games. So I'd always be down to play those. Um, I don't know what. Like, I think Magic: The Gathering really only recently has games like for the PC and stuff. But Yu-Gi-Oh would definitely be the first one I would think to to go back and play, and I'd be hundred percent down for that. That'd be awesome. I have info. Okay, Keith. Are you ready? Keith, bring it on. Bring it on, Keith. So on eBay, I'm looking at ebay.ca. So these prices are inflated for Canadian. (laughs) But you can pick up like a mint condition Game Boy Color for about 80 bucks, give or take. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. You can pick up a out-of-box copy of the Pokemon trading card game for about $15. Not bad. And if you want to get the box, it, let me try that again. <laughs> if you want to get the box, authentic CIB, this listing says, and I hate myself for saying that out loud, <laughs> you're going to pay happened. about $178 Canadian for that. So about 150 bucks. So even for, you could go buy a... This isn't sealed, right? It's just um, no, it's just complete in box. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. I found a sealed one for six hundred dollars, okay, and that's, that's more insane. Like it. <laughs> that's but what even I then, like sealed, okay. But you could pick up like a boxed copy of the Pokemon trading card game and a Game Boy for half of one of those stupid packs. And that came right with a meowth card, yeah. didn't it? Like a <laughs> yes, physical meowth card. Have, I actually have mine. I actually have two of them for whatever oh, reason. Nice. 
Ooh, fancy. Oh, that that that's ex- if... how, how much does that one go for? Because I mean, that's uh, like another layer. It's like, oh, gonna be me, like I'm on eBay anyway. Let me see. <laughs> Ten something dollars, maybe a little less. I'm just going to point out, I love that there's a complete logistical thing where I searched on eBay, Pokemon TCG, GBC, CIB, <laughs> and it makes complete <laughs> sense. But I'm just like reading that. And then they're just... like, learn the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. And, and in uh, in North America, uh, a, a Pokemon TCG for the GBC CIB copy complete in box goes for $140. So you can buy a Game Boy Color with a complete box version of the Pokemon trading card game, and it would still be less than a lot of those like mm-hmm. ultra rare ones. But also, I, w- I just want to get a Game Boy Color, people. I don't need one, but I, I so regret yeah, not I, having one. I still I was have gonna one. Say, I have that transparent purple one oh, in the I box you. somewhere. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I see the Meowth card going. You could get one for like fourteen bucks, um, just so kind of like out of the case. But obviously, there's the whole world of grading, and if, if if it's a high graded one, then it's like over a hundred dollars. But that's a Mine's whole other venue. On it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole another thing. But uh, Ryan, Chris, and then Keith. Just uh, like generally speaking, I know Keith spoiled a little bit. Ryan, if you were to just say yeah, yay or nay to should somebody play this game as we played it now, should somebody do that? Should they? Yeah, I would absolutely say yay. It's six dollars to get off your 3ds store and it's a ton of fun mr chris i obviously it's a yay for me i mean looking at the through the lens of nostalgia it was just a nice trip back down memory lane and no regrets just do it mr ham ham and i'm gonna say yay kinda for the reasons i already said like it's it's cool it's a really good game but there are also a lot of better tcg like single player experiences these days uh, i'm gonna have to get into that slay the spire because i actually have it and yeah and even oh my god even after so this like good. i will say if you've ever been curious about playing a trading card game pokemon or not but hey, Pokemon is an IP everybody knows about, right? I think sometimes you can look at magic or something, and if you're not embedded into that, then there's not a familiar character. You can never yeah. have watched a single Pokemon episode, and you'll know half the Pokemon in this game because it is like the first, you know, 151. So without question, uh, yes, it is worth playing. And just buy a 3DS, get the damn digital copy for six bucks. You'll save some money yourself uh, it, at the end there. Now, uh, Chris Ariema, thank you so much, my friend, really, for for being here. Uh, You know, Ryan and yourself have known each other for a long time, and you've been a uh, long-time listener, supporter. You're part of our Discord, which, by the way, everybody, uh, acasttothepast.com. If you want to talk to this man about Pokemon cards, you join that Discord, acasttothepast.com slash Discord. But if they want a little bit more of a a visual experience, they want to see Chris collect things, huh? Huh? How how can they go about doing that? Uh, Chris collects things on Instagram, and then I also have a YouTube of the same name. A little up and coming, very rough, but 
if you like to see me open up things and maybe poop my pants over a Charizard, then you're in the right place. <laughs> hey, that's what people love. People yeah. love the pooping Charizards now, man. That's what they love now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you've never seen my Google or my YouTube search. I don't watch people pooping themselves on YouTube. No, I don't at all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can see that. So so he's too, had, I will say he's had some amazing card pulls, so some much luck he's been much luckier than i have been so definitely check the videos out if you want to see some some awesome modern pokemon stuff no but seriously thank you so much and everybody uh once again if you enjoy the podcast the best way to support is by following us on the socials uh, subscribing uh to the youtube channel and leaving that five-star review on apple podcast stitcher and all of those sexy feeds and yeah, on uh, on the uh, Discord, there is a TCG section, there's a video game section, there's a, a Lego section. It's very frightening. Like, basically, if you want to save money, you don't join that Discord. Just just <laughs> get the hell out for your well-being. It's like, like we, we want to be family people and promote savings, but that's been it for another, uh-oh. I, I don't know how to, we have four people. I don't know how to do the damn intro here. What do I do, Ryan? <laughs> so wait, all right, let's... Uh-huh. S- which- Somebody's A. All right, someone will just be A. Yeah. So, okay, okay. I'll, you, I'll be... I'll, I'll be, Okay. Me, Ryan, Keith, Chris. Okay, can okay, we get that okay. going? All right. So All that's right. been it. Up until next time, we will be back with another exciting edition of A... Cast... Tootha? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. my two words? I don't know. <laughs> right, I guess you're right. right. We need a fifth. <laughs> yeah, Keith had Tootha. Damn it. But yeah, whatever, but people, thank you for watching and listening. Really appreciate it.